good morning. As you can very easily see, this is the first Sunday of Advent, and just want to take a moment to thank the Palumbo group and others that came out to, to help them decorate uh, the church. It looks great. I especially want to thank Taylor for getting and collecting all the poinsettias. We appreciate that, so thank you for that. I just want to start this morning off with a confession. Most of you don't know me well since I've only been here for six months, but uh, for those of you who may already know this, but I am a Christmas nut. I, I love this holiday. I love everything about it. Um, it probably was a good thing that the Lord brought Jenny and I together because Jenny has this hard and fast rule that you can't really talk about Christmas or start celebrating Christmas until after Thanksgiving, so I get to restrain myself and then unleash everything starting the Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, and so I, I've already watched Frosty the Snowman and two, two movies on the Hallmark Channel, which... Uh, I'm sad to confess it's true. Um, so I love Christmas, and there are all kinds of ways people respond to this time of the year, uh, many of which are good, some of which maybe aren't so good. And the story that we're going to be looking at this morning is about the wise men, which is found in Matthew 2. And what I'm hoping is as we read this passage, we will see a, a great way to respond to this news that Jesus has been born. So if you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. And I'll be reading for us verses 1 through 12, and I ask that you stand in honor of the Word of God. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Please pray with me. Lord, we do thank you. For your word, we thank you that you have gathered us here this morning as your people to worship you and to to hear your word read and proclaimed. And we ask, Father, that your spirit would even now prepare our hearts and our minds, that as we are reminded again of the birth of your son Jesus, that our hearts would be warmed, that we would be moved, that we'd have a greater understanding that this was no ordinary birth. And that Jesus came into this world as king, that he came into this world as God becoming flesh in order to redeem sinners such as us. Lord, help us understand that more deeply than we do. 
And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Please be seated. So Jesus has been born. The King of Kings is here. The Messiah has come. And and there are two reactions to this news. There's one reaction of excitement and joy, and another reaction of indifference and fear. And that, that is not necessarily surprising. But what is surprising, though, is the source of these two different reactions. It is not what we would expect. Wise men from the East, foreigners, strangers, they are the ones that respond to this news of Jesus' birth with, with excitement and joy. Meanwhile, the Jews, God's chosen people, they were the ones that had the prophets, they were the ones that were given God's word. They respond to this news with indifference and fear. So in this passage, we have good news being proclaimed. And we have two very different groups of people who hear this news. And we have two different responses to it. So the question for you this morning is this. How do you respond to this news? Jesus Christ has been born. What is your reaction to that? Well, the wise men, they went looking for Jesus. We find this in verses 1 and 2. Matthew writes, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now these verses raise a bunch of questions. Who who are these wise men? Where are they from? How many wise men were there? How did they hear about the king of the Jews? How were they able to recognize his star, the stars being his star? What exactly is this star? How did it guide them to Jerusalem? Now these are all interesting questions. And the answer that Matthew gives us to these questions is silence. He chose not to give us any of the details because he wants us to focus on what is really important. James Montgomery Boyce says this, Matthew was not interested in how many wise men there were, the length of their journey or the star. Rather, he was interested in the fact that from the very beginning of this story, Gentiles came to worship the Jewish Messiah. You see, the focus of this passage is really about worship. Great news has been proclaimed. A new king has been born. And the king is Jesus. He is worthy of honor. And he is worthy of pursuit. But more than that, he is worthy of worship. The only time that we hear the wise men speak is in verse 2. They are looking for Jesus, and what do they say when they want to do? They say that they have come to worship him. So why does that matter? It matters because God alone is worthy of worship. The Bible makes this clear time and time again. The first of the Ten Commandments says, You shall have no other gods before me. Exodus 34.14 says, You shall worship no other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Or again, Deuteronomy 8.19, If you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Jesus alluded to this when he was being tempted by the devil. He said that it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And yet, the wise men came to worship Jesus. So were they wrong? No. God is clearly the one that is leading them. 
Now, whatever you believe about the star that guided them, one thing that is clear is that God is the one who is sovereignly orchestrating all things to bring the wise men to Jesus. And not only that, but he is leading them to worship him. This is important for us to understand. Jesus is the king of the Jews. He is the Messiah. But he is more than that. He is God's son. He is the second person in the Trinity. Jesus is God. Therefore, he is worthy of worship. And that is why the wise men came. Yes, they came seeking to find the new king. But more than that, they came to worship Jesus. Now, how much of this did they actually understand? We cannot know. But what is clear is that God is leading them to worship his son. So the wise men sought him out. Not just because God was, now, just because God was leading them doesn't mean that their journey was going to be an easy one. It was difficult. It required sacrifice. And the wise men, they sacrificed much to find Jesus. Let's start with just their journey to Jerusalem. Now, we don't know exactly where they came from. Now, now some argue that they came from Persia. Others argue that they came from Babylon. And it really doesn't matter where they came from. All we know is that they came from the east. And the implication is that they traveled a great distance to find Jesus. And travel in those days was not easy. It's not like they could hop on the local train to Jerusalem or grab a plane or a cab or a taxi. Journey, travel was done by foot in those days. It would take a long time to complete this journey. And not only that, but journeying was, was dangerous. They could run across wild animals. Thieves and robbers could be waiting for them. So travel was dangerous. It was also expensive. This kind of trip would be costly. The wise men, they had to sacrifice much time and effort and energy and money to make this journey. And not only that, but they had to leave behind their friends and their family. They had to leave behind everything that they knew and everyone that they loved to find Jesus. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to give up everything to find and follow him? The wise men sacrificed much to make this journey. And the journey was not the only sacrifice that they made. Look at what happens when they get to Jerusalem. This king, this new king is nowhere to be found. He's not in the palace where they might expect him to be. He's not in the temple. So they start asking questions. And this leads them to a secret meeting with King Herod. And they finally receive the answer that they've been waiting for. Jesus is in Bethlehem. And so they are sent on their way with Herod's blessing. But notice what doesn't happen. The wise men are spreading great news about the new king, and no one follows them. No one wants to check this out for themselves. No one really even seems to care all that much about this news. How would you feel if that happened to you? Imagine for a moment that you you just discovered some great news, something that you were just extremely excited about. It's the best news you've ever heard. And so you want to share it to anyone and everyone that would listen to you. And so you do. You start sharing this news, and no one cares. No one wants to check it out for themselves. How would you feel? Would you be discouraged? See, in some sense, the wise men also had to sacrifice their own reputations to find Jesus. Were they on a wild goose chase? Were they the butt of everyone's jokes? But the wise men did not care. They would not be hindered. They proceeded on to Bethlehem with great joy. We see this in verses 9 and 10. 
And what do they find when they get there? This king that they've heard about, this king that they have sacrificed much to find, was a humble child with humble parents and a humble home. Were they mistaken? Did they go to the wrong house? No. And they knew it. They bowed down and they worshipped Jesus. Imagine that for a moment. These wise men, who clearly had great wealth, they fell down before a little child and they worshipped him. We see that in verse 11. They sacrificed their pride and they humbled themselves because they realized, at least to some sense, that they were in the presence of one that was superior to them. And the last thing that we see is that they gave him gifts. Verse 11 says, Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. They gave Jesus their treasures. These gifts were appropriate gifts for a king, and they were expensive. So the wise men, they sacrificed their money and possessions to find and follow Jesus. Are we willing to sacrifice those things to follow him? The wise men, they sacrificed their time and their energy. They sacrificed their money and their prized possessions. They sacrificed their reputations. And they sacrificed their own pride to find Jesus. J.C. Ryle asked some important questions for us to consider. He writes this, Where is our self-denial? What pains do we take about our souls? What diligence do we show about following Christ? What does our religion cost us? These are serious questions. They deserve serious consideration. Yes, God is the one who is leading these wise men to, to his son. But it required great effort and sacrifice and faith on their part to find him. Jesus himself tells us, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He also, said, whoever, he also said, whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of men, is not worthy of me. The wise men were willing to take up their crosses to find Jesus. And they came not simply to find a king. They came not to win favor with this new king, but they came to worship him. We see that in verses 2 and 11. And this explains why they're willing to sacrifice so much. Jesus is worthy of that sacrifice. He is a far greater treasure than anything they gave up in order to find him. And this is so important for us to see. You see, we are called to sacrifice everything to follow Jesus. But we gain far more than we lose. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Paul talks about this dynamic as well. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 1.5. He says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Jesus is worth our sacrifice. He is worthy of our worship. Listen to these words once again from Boyce. He says, do you worship Jesus? Do you value him more than anything else? That doesn't mean that we simply gather together Lord's Day after Lord's Day and publicly sing songs to him and about him and lift up prayers by him and hear his word read and proclaimed to us and respond in faith to his gospel. It means that we live out a life of worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. That in our lives, in our actions, in our words and our thoughts and our use of our money, our time and our energy, 
We evidence that Jesus is the one that we value more than any, anyone else. We exalt Jesus in our actions, in our choices, in our attitudes, with all of our energy. Could Jesus be calling you this morning? There is great news. Jesus has been born King of the Jews. He is the Messiah. He is God in the flesh. And He came to save sinners such as us. So how do you respond to Him? The wise men sought Him out and they worshipped Him. But that was not the only response to this good news. Look at verse 3. It says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. So the news of the wise men spread throughout the city and eventually... Word about this got to Herod. And he did not receive this as good news. He was troubled. However, look at how he responds. He assembles the religious leaders to find out where this king is to be born. And the answer is Bethlehem. He then invites the wise men to come and meet with him. And he finds out from them when the star first appeared. Because he's trying to figure out how old this child was. And then he tells the wise men where to find this king. And he sends them on their way with his blessing. And finally, he tells the wise men to report back to me. So once you find the king, because I want to go and worship him as well. So this is all great news, right? Herod has finally caught the vision. But not all is as it seems. There is a reason why Herod is troubled by this news. Herod was made king of Jerusalem in the surrounding area by the Roman Empire. And during his reign, he gained quite a reputation One of the reasons why he had a great reputation and he was called Herod the Great is because he was a great builder. He built many magnificent buildings, including the temple that was currently in Jerusalem. Another reason why he was considered great is because he brought stability and order to that area, which previous rulers struggled to do. And the reason why he was so successful at this is because he was passionate for his own rule and reign and reputation. He would not let anyone get in the way of this. He even had his own wife killed, and we know historically that he had at least two of his sons killed because he viewed them as threats to his throne. And so now, what does he hear? A new king has been born. And notice what it says about this king in verse 2. It says that he has been born king of the Jews. It doesn't say that he was born to become king. No, he is already king. The office of king was his by birth and right, and it belonged to no other. King Herod viewed this as a threat. He had to eliminate this king before he became a bigger threat. And and Herod was a smart man. You see, everything that we read in this passage was a well-formulated and deceptive plan to find and kill Jesus. So he got the information that he needed to deceive the wise men. And in essence, he basically sends the wise men out to do his dirty work, to find Jesus so that he could then go and kill Jesus. And once that had been accomplished, he would kill him. And we see the nature, the true nature of his plan later on in verse 16, which says, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all of the mill children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. So since he didn't know who the exact person was, he figured he'd just kill all the children that fell into that classification so he could get rid of this king. And if it had not been for God's intervention, as we see in verses 12 and 13, it would have worked. He would have killed Jesus. So Herod, he receives this good news, and he rejects it. He responds with hostility because he sees Jesus as a threat. And this still happens today, doesn't it? 
You know, one of the ways people respond to the gospel is with hostility. Jesus is a threat to their way of life, and so they reject him, and they persecute his people, and they persecute his church. Herod rejected Jesus. But he's not the only one. Look at the religious leaders in the passage in verses 4 through 6. Herod, he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So the religious leaders, they hear about this news of this new king, this good news. This is the king of the Jews. And they're even called before Herod to answer a question about this king. And that question is, where is the Christ to be born? Well, first, notice that this king here, is he's referred to as the Christ. This is a title that is for the Messiah only. The Messiah was God's promised king that he promised to one day send to rescue and deliver his people and to establish a kingdom that would last forever. It was going to be a kingdom of peace and prosperity and justice. The Jews, they were longing for this day. They were eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come. And suddenly there came news from these wise men from the east that this king had been born. The Messiah has come. The religious leaders knew who the wise men were talking about. And they clearly know God's word because they were able to give answer, uh, answer to Herod's question easily. They quote from Micah, the Christ is to be born in Bethlehem. And he will come to, to rule and to shepherd my people. So can this actually be happening? Has the Messiah finally come? Well, how do they react to this news? They do nothing. They don't ask any questions. They don't follow the wise men to check this out for themselves. They just ignore this news, and they go on with their day. So they reject Jesus. And the rejection of him is not due to ignorance. They know the scriptures. They understand the implication of what the wise men are seeking. But they still do nothing. They are indifferent. And unfortunately, we see this in our world today too, don't we? People reject Jesus all the time because they just don't care. Or they just don't believe. They don't believe that he is important. Or they believe that he really has no place for them in their lives. They even may possess all the head knowledge necessary. They may know the gospel and still reject him because their hearts are hardened. The religious leaders rejected Jesus out of indifference towards him. And and there's another group of people that rejected Jesus. Look again at verse 3. It says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. So the people of Jerusalem, they knew about the Messiah, and they too were eagerly waiting for him to come. But when they hear this news, they don't rejoice. They don't follow the wise men to Bethlehem. They are troubled. Why? What's well, because they were afraid. They knew what kind of man Herod was. They knew about his reputation. And they probably had some idea of how he was going to respond to this. So they did nothing because they were afraid of being swept away in the vengeance of Herod. You see, they, they feared their earthly king more than they feared their heavenly king. The king of kings and the lords of, lord of lords have been born. God became flesh. And the people, they respond in a variety of ways. Herod, he was hostile to this news. The religious leaders, they were indifferent towards this news. The Jewish people, they were afraid. Jesus, he was rejected by his own people. 
It is only the wise men in the story that continue on to Bethlehem to find and worship Jesus. And look at what is said about them as they approach Jesus in verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So the star that had led them to Jerusalem has suddenly reappeared, and it leads them the rest of the way to complete their quest. Their search is almost over. And what is their attitude? They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The, the Greek language there is really cool. It's as if Matthew is trying to, or is having a hard time expressing the level of joy that the wise men are experiencing as they approach Jesus. They are deliriously joyful. I don't know about you, but that is how I want to respond to Jesus this Christmas season. That's how I want to respond to him always. I want to be deliriously joyful because of Jesus. How about you? As we, we hear about him in Christmas songs, as we read about him in his word, as we talk about Jesus with our friends and our neighbors and our family, even as we prepare to come to this table and to spiritually feed upon him, are we coming while rejoicing exceedingly with great joy? Jesus has come. He has rescued you from your sins. And he has given you life and life abundantly. How are you going to respond? Are you going to respond with hostility? Are you going to respond with indifference? Are you going to respond with fear? Or will you worship him? Jesus has been born king. And he is worthy of our worship. Let us pray. Lord, we do thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for this reminder that Jesus is the King of the Jews. But more than that, that he is your son, that he is God in the flesh, that he became man. He humbled himself in order to redeem sinners such as us. And that he willingly went to the cross to pay the price, to pay the penalty of our sins in order to redeem us. Lord, I pray that you would help us repent of the many times that we respond to, to this good news with hostility or with indifference or with fear. Lord, move in our hearts that we would respond with great joy, that we would be deliriously joyful as we consider who Jesus is and what he has done for us, and that we would come to worship him, for he is worthy of our worship. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.